0: And my and my kids were oddly excited about it. I, I, I thought. Of course, I geek out on this stuff and I enjoy it. But uh, my my wife and kids were actually very supportive of it. I think they understood how, how, uh, how important it was to me. So, yeah, that must be that uh, that
1: must be weird. I haven't. uh, Yeah, it's weird. Am I getting getting positive feedback? Yeah.
0: You're listening to episode 169 of PHP Ugly Nice And the crew is back together I am your host, Eric Van Johnson And joining me this wonderful Thursday afternoon Are my two good friends, Thomas Rideout Hello, hello Ah, ah, I tried to switch over to your camera, I couldn't switch over What are are you, you're four There you are And John Congdon Hello, hello you, you
2: missed a, a key point in there. Not just post-Eric Van Johnson, but post-and-published-author-Eric Van Johnson. <laughs> Go
0: on. Published-author! We have so much to talk about. I just spat on my camera. I was so excited. Let me uh, clean that up for the, uh, the viewers at home. Sorry about that. Why, oh, it's making me look better. So much of our life has changed over the last couple of weeks. And uh, we will be touching on several aspects of that um so first off we are faced with some streaming challenges uh we obs i upgraded uh, my laptop and it seems like obs is not very happy with me uh with that so we um we did a bunch of quick stuff to try to get obs working it, Still is misbehaving, so I cut back over to an, another app I have uh, called Ecamm, uh, which is one of like the first apps we were looking at using. And of course, I don't have this configured correctly so that you can see everybody's face. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to try to manually switch between people uh, as people are talking. But for the most part, yeah, you're stuck with me. Which isn't which isn't a horrible thing, just, uh, just to kind of put that out there. Uh, if anybody listening um, happens to know how to use Ecamm and wants to remind me how to get all three of us on the screen at the same time, I am willing to live code that for you. Uh, but for right now, I will only do it while the other people are talking, so <laughs> I can stay focused. <laughs> all right. So it's been a few weeks. Um, A lot has gone on, a lot has changed, we've gotten a lot of feedback, Uh, we've gotten requests. uh, So we're going to try to cover as much as we can over the next 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and see how much we get out of it. But before we get started on any of that, well, obviously, we like to thank our Patreons. We always like to thank our Patreons. But before we even get started on that, I'm curious, Thomas... How was your experience at PHP
1: World? That was more work than my normal daily work schedule. PHP World was what? it was PHP World was intense and huh. busy and Don't drive people
2: away from it. I didn't think that at all. I it was a what lot talking of about it was a lot intense. of
1: fun. It was a lot of fun, but I just, I felt very, very busy. The jet lag hit me real hard, uh, and it just, it, yeah, I, I was very pleased with how much there was to do and going on and all that stuff. Uh, so I had, a, I had a great time, and uh, I know I, it may seem like I'm not impartial, but uh, my favorite talk was the event sourcing talk by our very own John Condon.
0: Oh, thanks. I gotta be honest with you, I, I, I'm in the same boat as you, Thomas. I I uh, didn't go to a lot of talks the morning of the second day, and we'll get back to that in a second, but of all the talks that I did go to on the first day and the second day, uh, John was definitely right up there at the top. I, I do think his was my favorite uh, session talk, and then... Uh, uh, I had uh, I actually man I don't even know which one of the keynotes were my favorite. Uh, Cal did a good one as well. Um,
1: Samantha, what's, what's her name? Samantha
2: just so Samantha full of like historical information. It, it's just I know.
1: Yeah, Samantha's was was funny to be because she would tangent herself. Uh, she has so much knowledge on the on just everything she was discussing that. When something would come up on the screen, she'd see it and go, well, you know what? That's actually, there was, this, there was a small system before this system that ran on a two-bit processor. Like, she would just start going, but we're not going to get into that. Like, she, <laughs> she knows so much about the history of computing in general. I was really impressed with her talk. Um, but then Cal Evans' talk was, like, holy motivational crap. That was so, like, amazing. He's, he's, he is very, very motivational.
2: yeah. All of his yeah uh, yeah like uh, notes are like that.
0: I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I think I think I have the pitch. I think I have our. I have all three of us. I have all three of us up on the screen, but it's like overlapping. I'm very confused, but I'm going to go with it for now. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, something happened. Holy crap! Uh, there's 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 four windows now. Wait, how do I take one of them out? I'm gonna dis- take oh. I got it. I got all three of us up
1: on the Quickly screen. Quickly becoming an editing nightmare.
0: <laughs> this is awesome. Okay. We're good now. We're good. I'm not touching anything. All three of us are up on the screen. I'm, I'm happy with this. And uh, I assume everybody can hear all of us. Will there be video of John's talk? Yes. Uh, John, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, it's already out. If you purchased a digital only subscription or if
2: you attended or purchased a digital ticket, you can download the talks already I think they are still selling them too but you're basically paying for all of the presentations Uh, I barely started listening to mine they did throw out an apology for the quality of the talks it doesn't really match up with what they're used to doing so they are buying equipment to fix this for their next conference but the audio in all the rooms wasn't great and my, which is unusual in my be. yeah
1: the audio the reverb in some of those rooms was real bad yeah and some of the
2: feedback i got was i needed to project more but i'm like i'm using a microphone i was worried about over modulating into the microphone it was just yeah little issues there but yeah. the, overall i mean i watched the, the first few minutes of my talk and I felt myself stumbling, like I could see where I stumbled and what I wanted to say versus what I did say, but I'm happy with with, uh, the quality of it.
1: It it was actually, John's talk was really difficult for me because normally during John's presentations, I'll speak up just in the middle of him talking and correct him on something or ask him a question about (laughs) what he's talking about. And it was about about 60 it was about 60 seconds before your presentation started that I realized I need to not do that. And so you're, uh, you're very fortunate that my, my, uh, (laughs) my barely functioning brain clicked in for a second there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, also while we were there, we recorded a live, episode of the php podcast uh which was myself john and oscar and i I tell you what that turned out to be such a fantastic episode um if you uh if you don't subscribe to it subscribe to it it's free it's just it's just another podcast but listen to listen to the show from the conference we pull in a bunch of people um Samantha, uh, uh, Cal, uh, Taylor, Otwell uh, sat down with us for a while, and, and ended up snubbing John, Jeff, uh, Jim, I didn't hear Gary, about the Bill, do you want to hear about the snubby?
1: <laughs> oh, of course I do. You know I
0: do. <laughs> I, I don't.
2: Taylor, I love you. I don't think it was an, it was intentional. <laughs>
0: It was, but it was it was funny all the same. So so one of the uh, really cool things about PHP World that's a little different than your other typical PHP conferences is that you you do get uh, a wider uh, variety of people. So there were there was a good showing of WordPress people there, a good showing of Drupal people, um, and Taylor Otwell was there. You know, he he was actually speaking on one of the panels and uh why we're doing our show he's we we were doing our show in the open area where all the vendors were, so there's a lot of background noise there's a lot there's a lot going on, but we look over Taylor's over there, and I ask him if he wants to come over and he comes over and he was nice enough to sit down and talk to us for a good you know five ten minutes, and then he goes to leave and shakes my hand shakes uh Oscar's hand and then just turns turns back to John and walks away
1: <laughs> well we we talked about it um you know during the conferences that he he seemed like he felt out of place at the conference you know he's so used to No No he he actually
0: looked very very in place he looked like he was enjoying himself he, he I, I, and and we we talked to him about it on the show and he was like it is it's such a. It is a different experience for him because, he, like as he puts it, he has, he ha, he lives in this bizarro world when he goes to Larricon, where he's this popular figure and everybody wants to get, take pictures with him and everybody wants to speak with him.
1: And I know that, that happened is.
0: here. <laughs> exactly right. We we've all been there. But and in and in that happened here. I mean, it's not like nobody. it, it, it wasn't complete anonymity anonymity for him people knew who he was but it wasn't constant like during the keynote i looked over and he's coding away you know he's behind his laptop coding something and and he you know was out in the open area and to his credit i mean i saw him there several times and he only spoke at one panel for like an hour so I'd go out to the open area, and he'd be he, he would be out there coding or talking to somebody. Um, but he you know he said he actually quite likes it. Uh, it gives him an opportunity to talk to people, to see how some of these other projects are handling certain things, and um. So I disagree. I, I think he looked very very comfortable. Uh, he just looked like a normal geek. Yeah. Maybe
1: that was just me then, because every time he every time he showed up, I had to stop talking.
0: You freaked out on me that one time. It's like I don't think John was with us, but no. Thomas and I Thomas and I were standing there talking. And we, were, and we actually might have been talking to Oscar at the time. No, it was just, and then, it was
1: just me and you.
0: <laughs> and then up up behind me, off my like left shoulder, Taylor walks up. And then I I, I see like I see Taylor at the corner of my eye, so I know he's there. And and I'm like I'm trying to open up the conversation so that he can walk in. But I look over at Thomas, and Thomas all of a sudden forgets how to speak. Uh, uh. And he's doing this with his eyes. He's doing this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like, Deeds yes, of, Deeds of yes, sweat. Thomas.
0: It's, a, know,
2: it's an audio podcast. I know, I know he's there, really. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. He, he's he's doing this, like, darting thing with his eyes where he's looking at me and then darting him over to Taylor. And I'm like, yes, Thomas, I I, I know he's there. And eventually, I you know, I, I intentionally say, hey, you know, hey, Taylor. And, you know. Welcome him. Welcome him into the conversation. But yeah, and what did I say? You, you I said kidding. I gotta go.
1: <laughs> he did. He totally did.
0: Dick Thomas was like,
1: I'm out. Here.
2: Why? Why'd you? Why'd you leave I so just, quick?
1: Because I, I swear to God, this is going to be the dumbest reason. <laughs> I'm so upset about the Semver thing and i and it was just like i when i saw him the only thing i could the only thing i could think of was was you've got to tell him you've got to explain this to him and then i was like i i am in no position to mansplain semver to taylor otwell i just need to leave
2: i I ran i ran into him and talked to him about it a little bit
1: yeah but but you have a more cordial like relationship with him Cordial. I, <laughs> I
2: don't know. I call it cordial. I feel. I feel like whenever,
1: whenever someone mentions Laravel haters on the internet, they're just directly addressing me. Talking,
0: talking us? Oh no! I think it's all three of us. Which and, I mean, and, and we're I'm, not. I'm, I'm we're not. The, I'm, no, no, we're not. Definitely not. But I'm probably the most impacted because I'm, I'm, I'm the most. I, I try to stay the most involved with the Laravel community, so it doesn't do good being being, you know, marked as a Laravel heater, But I, I, yeah. Friends I'll, with I'll, Thomas. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, friends with Thomas, right. <laughs> and what was funny, so I had hoped to get Thomas on the PHP podcast, but he comes stumbling down like around 1130 in the afternoon that morning, uh, right when we were wrapping up. But if you listen to the podcast, <laughs> it's hysterical because... For, like I said, there's a ton of background noise going on, but there, in particular, there was this virtual uh, reality headset that people were wearing, and in the middle of this area, they were playing games, and every now and then, like two, twice on the show, you hear them crash into something.
1: I saw that. And that it, seemed yeah. like a liability.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, we're like we're talking...
1: wildly, wildly swinging in the middle of groups of people.
0: And what did, what did I tell you? To, was it you, Thomas? I said, every one of these people who, who are participating in this, I bet you none of them would dance in public. But no, you put a headgear on them and they're like flaring around all crazy. Well, and...
1: See, that was, no, that was the part that, I, that was weird for me is that after they got the headset on people, they started recording them. So I don't I don't know if the people who were being recorded, uh, flailing around in public knew that they were being recorded. It was kind of like a Jimmy Kimmel style prank. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't sign so. up for that at all.
2: <laughs> I did, but they wouldn't let me do but it. But no, it was what said. I did, but they didn't let me do it. They're like, <sighs> we don't want to see you dance. <laughs> it's okay. Stay, stay away.
0: <laughs> but great conference. I enjoy PHP World. I, I, I really do. I think uh I I'm torn between tech and world. I didn't go to tech this year and I know they have the different format this year. Yeah, they're but man they're switching I, I, back. I do like world. Oh, so, and we didn't even talk about the big news. Well, Wait a second. Well, no. I'm not done. I'm not done. I it yield my Virginia. five minutes
1: to the gentleman in the Disney shirt. Oh, the Laricon shirt, I'm sorry. It looks like Disney.
0: It's uh, This is from uh, Laricon Sydney. This is Laracon 19, apparently. Um, you have to know certain people sure. to uh, to get uh, the... Uh, excuse me? Shirt.
2: Where's mine?
0: But uh, why, I don't know. Why did I not I don't, get know, one? I don't know if you know certain people. I don't think this is a Simford uh, version correctly. I think that's supposed to be 2019 and not Laricon 19, but... You know, we'll see. Well, I could be wrong. But yes, yes. Um, so, PHP World is in Virginia. The Nationals were in the World Series. First day there, I jump on the silver line, go to the stadium, watch Game 1 of the World Series, which was playing being played in Houston, but they had a viewing party at the stadium. And I got to watch the first game of the World Series on his home turf. It, and then the Nationals win the World Series! They I, win
1: it! I, I because five I five was minutes. there
0: for the first one. Okay, go ahead.
1: So I love PHP. Nationals win the World Series. I love PHP World, uh, aside from the baseball-related things that happened around it. Um, but it was very basic stuff, for the most part. Um, you and I went into a bitcoin and cryptocurrency talk
2: oh, i went into that one <laughs> i left it real quick
1: yeah I, I got about five minutes into it before i realized where the whole talk was going mm-hmm. and uh that it was just covering the core concepts of crypto and how it works um and not anything really advanced or particularly implementing php um yeah and and there were some other talks there was some business talks and things like that and i looked at the tech schedule and it's far more advanced far more focused if you choose your track correctly um so i think you know since i only do one of these a year or so next time i'm probably going to go to tech
2: which is which they moved to nashville this year.
0: which i'm excited excited for but as opposed to i mean what other conferences you don't go to conferences though
1: do you I, I'm trying to get back into doing it once a year at least. So so you do see the benefit of it, right? I mean Absolutely.
0: And you got to experience you got to experience somebody come up to you and say, Hey, I appreciate your podcast. Thank you.
1: I got the I got the exact thing you get, which is I've been talking to you for ten minutes and then I turned around and heard your voice and realized who you are. <laughs> That was cool.
0: So that that's always nice. I'm glad I'm glad you got to got to share in
1: that. That's always fun. That was that was that was nice. I although uh, when he said realize who you are for a, a split second there, I didn't know who I was. So I, I he said, I know who you are, and I went, Uh oh, what, what did I do?
2: What haven't you done is the better question. <laughs>
0: Okay, so, um, to recap, uh, our last show, we were discussing how, um, you know, we really want to do more for our Patreons, and one of the things that was asked of us was to start, uh, um, talking about business. Uh, uh, uh people asked if John and I would start doing little clips talking specifically about our business, and, um... <sighs> That that's gonna have a much bigger topic we're gonna get into here in a second. But before we get down, before we go down that path, um, then uh, um, oh, I am such a fan of her writing now, and I'm freezing our name. Syntac, uh,
1: Syntax. Cherry Sherry Wheeler.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure if she's a Patreon or not, but she specifically asked if we would talk about. Our business model which again doesn't really change but there are some new factors involved but i'm not sure if she's a patreon or not but she's she's done enough to promote the show and she's been with us long enough i definitely want to uh definitely want to entertain her question a little bit um so this is going to be a very big topic but specifically around our model so this is this is what we get asked a lot because we have a little bit of a different business model in the sense that we don't charge hourly we don't charge by project we we have what we call a retainer model and what that means to our client is that you have you have a resource a a a person working on your project now who that person is it may not always be the same person it may be multiple people uh, it may be uh you know one one day it might be an operations person one day it might be a developer one day it might be a friend developer a backend developer the point being you don't have to worry about the specialty anymore you're going to pass a retainer and you're going to have people working on your project and we're going to manage that for you um i fought the whole headcount example for a very long time um but to john's credit that's what people understand so when we when we when they ask well how many reasons how many people are going to be working on it or you know how how's the retainer modeled it's kind of it's loosely modeled on headcount not exactly headcount but again so that people can get their head around it we say headcount right so you you can can, can can have half a developer a whole developer yeah Yeah. so you can have half a developer a whole developer two developers and a lot of that is really dependent on timeline how much how much effort do you want want us to put into getting things completed so if you have you know, big deadlines. Like we we have a new client who had a who has some very tight deadlines for the end of the year. They're paying for two developers, a resources of two developers. Now, in reality, they have I think about six people working on the project at any given time, um, and a lot of times those times will overlap. And that's, that's just the, that's our retainer model. So what John and I do in that scenario is we're managing the money. We're managing, re- we're almost acting as PMs. Like we're making sure that the client is getting the work out of the retainer that they're paying for, but at the same time, we're not overspending and we're not giving them too much for free. And, and the idea was that, there, there, There's meant to be some wiggle room, especially for long-term contracts where, you know, maybe one week there's not a much, that much for a developer to do, but the next week they have to work extra hours. And the point of the retainer is end of day, the client doesn't have to worry about what we're going to charge them. They know month over month what their bill is going to be and they can budget for it. It benefits us as well because... We don't have to worry month over month how much we have to try to get out of a client. We know every month we're going to get this retainer from this client so we can budget our, our people accordingly. That's our retainer model. Um, I don't know, John, how do you feel about it? After I mean, we've been using it for a couple of years now.
2: If we have a chance to talk to a client and explain most of that, it makes more sense, especially when you start saying, you know you're not hiring a dba you're not hiring a javascript person a php person you're bringing us on and letting us kind of manage that devops you know all all Mm -hmm. the specialties we have somebody that can fill that gap and they don't have to they don't have to try and piece that out themselves so talking to a client they often get it makes it easier to sell it trying to put it into an email is a little more tricky
0: yeah. And it only works if you have a big enough company. I mean, if, if you're a sole developer, it doesn't really work because it's still just you. And that's that's exactly what our model is meant to get away from. It's like you don't want us to give you one developer. You don't want to depend on one developer to be able to do everything. You want us to give you a back-end developer to do your back-end stuff. You want us to give you an operations person to do your operations stuff. And you want us to give you a friend in person to your friend and stuff. That's what you really want. You don't think you can afford it, but you can on this retainer model. And I don't know. I like it. Um, But yeah, to John's point, it it is a little tricky for people because it it still ultimately comes down to, well, how many people are going to be working on my project? How many
2: many hours? Is it uh, full-time, part-time? a whole lot of thousands yeah a whole lot of questions around that (laughs) which is why i I kept pushing we have to do call it a half developer and it roughly equates to 20 hours a week one developer roughly equates to 40 hours a week because when we first started the business eric really wanted to go down this road of two people are worth different amounts of money you have one person that can do a job in an hour, which may take another person five hours to get done. And he was really wanting to somehow use that data in in pricing. And I was like, that's just way too complicated for a business person to get their mind around that
0: they're used to employees. Right. And that's all, I mean, even, even when I was on the other end of this and I was paying, uh, Consulting firms, hourly rates, I always, that was always my question to me, to them is what's your incentive to get this done any quicker? Because if I'm paying you hourly, to me, there's no incentive to you to work fast or, or work efficiently. It's, it's just, you know, of course you don't want to drag it on so long that it's obvious that you're, you're dragging your feet. But in, and my point, when, when we were, when we were talking about this model is, a very seasoned developer, especially a seasoned Laravel developer, can bootstrap a a Laravel site in you know fifteen twenty minutes. Whereas a non-seasoned one, it would take him longer. So from our perspective, what what's going to make us more money, right? Well, if we're charging hourly, it's to put a non-seasoned developer on the project and see how long a client's willing to pay for it. But You don't want to do that. You want to explain to the client, we're going to put a seasoned person on it. It's going to take them an hour. Your bill may equate to, you know, two hours, but at least you're not paying six hours. And, and again, to John's point, no matter how I try to document it, no matter how I try to present it, I wasn't, I was never able to present it. So it made sense. And And so, you know, like I said, John, John really kind of came up with the, we're still just going to use headcount on it. And it's, it's worked for us for the, for the most part, I think. But, but that's, I mean, that is another factor. I mean, it's not, yeah, (laughs) you know, it's not only a factor of a front end developer and a back end developer. It's a, you know, this needs to be done. This is a complex problem. We have a high end back end developer who's going to work on this one problem, and it's only going to take them two hours, or it's going to only take them six hours, but it's you know we're not going to put a more junior person on it who may stumble around for the next week trying to trying to figure it out, and um, that that is one of the things where I feel good. Now the one the one kind of compromise we've made on that on that whole model, and it's not so much a compromise, but we we've, we've tried to assign a lead so that that client always has one person they know they can reach out to and talk to. So like every, every client that we have that's on this retainer model, there is a kind of a lead to that project. So whether they're actually doing development at the time or not doing development, they could actually be working on a whole nother project. They're still tasked with kind of being the point person for the, for any questions or coordinating or anything they need to do with the client so uh i hope uh i hope for those who have been wondering about our business model and more specifically listening to us talk about our retainer model i hope this kind of sheds some light on it so how how far do you Um, want to get into today's news oh big time (laughs) so big time so up until this point well Wait, go ahead, Thomas. Did is this you related? To
1: is this what my my business model of just being employed by somebody? No. Uh, <laughs> does this have to do with you being a published author now? Because I'm like totally hanging on that.
0: Oh my god, we we blew right past that, didn't we? So up until this point, our business model has been. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's totally on me. I I moved on from the topic and forgot about it. So while we're at PHP World, um, John and I have been doing the podcast for a PHP Architect for uh, for almost two years now. Something like that.
1: Could that be right? Because it's been at least two PHP texts. We're not playing this game again. We've been we've we've tried figuring out how long we've been doing okay. certain things
0: for. Uh, so we've, we've been doing the podcast for PHP Architect for a while, a years, we're on like and 26. there's kind of a running, jo- a running, running a joke about, between so yeah. the three of us. Uh, yeah, there's kind of been a running joke between the three of us that I'm the only one that has never been published in PHP Architect, and, uh, and I, I, I keep like throwing topic ideas out to Oscar and Oscar's like, no, yeah, I got somebody working on that one. No, no, no. Yeah, this this person's already going to submit that. So at PHP World, Oscar came up to me and asked me if I'd be interested in taking over community corner on um, the PHP Architect magazine, which is a recurring uh segment in the magazine. And I told him, sure. And I actually, t- I actually, it actually came about because I had presented uh, Oscar with an idea of highlighting user groups, and of course, me being me, I wanted to do a podcast on it. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this podcast. I think it would be a good podcast as a supplement podcast for a PHP architect. Uh, would you be interested in? you know, a podcast where I interview organizers of user groups. And we get into the specifics about the user group, you know, the, the pros and cons and challenges and fun things and what they do in that. And at the time he was like, Hmm, I don't know. Um, I actually had that vision for community corner, but community corner ended up going in you know, kind of a different direction. And so, uh, so again, at PHP world, Oscar came and said, hey, would you be interested in taking over Community Corner? And more specifically, would you be interested in the format that you suggested where you're highlighting user groups? And so I said, yeah. <laughs> and of course, the first user group I did was the San Diego PHP user group. It's well, just weird. <laughs> what <When> I knew.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So now I, I have a reoccurring article. Uh, and PHP Architect for for the f- immediate future, and uh, I will be contributing to the community corner of PHP Architect. Thanks for reminding me. And my and my kids were oddly excited about it. I I I thought, of course, I geek out on this stuff and I enjoy it. But uh, my my wife and kids were actually very supportive of it. They, I think they understood how. How uh, how important it was to me. So awesome. huh? yeah. That must be that, uh, that
1: must be weird. I haven't uh Yeah, it's weird. I like getting, getting positive that. feedback? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen often, trust yeah. me. <laughs> okay,
0: but we have bigger news. We, this does, this train it doesn't bigger. stop. This train does not stop anytime soon. We're 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 choo chewing rat
1: through twenty twenty. E train barreling through.
0: I'll let John take this next part. I'm tired.
1: Yeah, you should be. This train doesn't stop. Also, I need to stop. I've,
2: I've, tri- I've tried starting the <laughs> conversation three times. Just, no, we had to talk about you being a published author.
1: I don't know what that's all about. It's all I told you, it's all about me.
2: Me, 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 me. <laughs> so, uh, going back to our business model, we've always had all of our uh, employees... all. We're always independent contractors, everyone working for us. And it's just been the model that seemed to work best for us and for them. We uh, we never set any schedules. People can work when and where they wanted, how they wanted. Uh, we didn't dictate number of hours. You know, we offered them full-time hours. Like if you want to work up to 40 hours, go for it. And, of course, good old California comes through and says, nope those are employees now, so we're in the process of uh, converting everyone from independent contractors and 99s to W-2s, good old employees trying to figure out what we need to do there, coming up with, like, how are we going to structure, Is it could be salary, hourly there's just so many questions are we providing health insurance or 401ks, are we like, what are the benefits
0: so so and, our, and our goal is to get it done by january 1st like our goal is january 1st having everybody converted over to employees yeah so for the people on patreon and for the people who have wanted to see videos of us running our business and behind the scenes it may be a pretty entertaining couple of months for you <laughs> i'll try to uh, i'll try to document it and uh yeah, you know, get little snippets. Obviously, you know, we need to be a little careful about what we share, but um, we'll, you know, we'll share as much as we can and uh, kind of take you through the journey with us. But it was, it's not a bad thing. Um, you know, I, I, it was a, it was a, it was an odd conversation to have with the team today because you're so used to living a certain way, you're so used to things being a certain way. And any disruption in that seems jarring. And as, you know, as we told the team, it's like this is a conversation John and I have had a couple times a year, every year since we started the business. Is is now the time? Is is now the the time, right time to have employees? And you know, and we get feed. I mean, it's not just John and I talking. We have we have accountants, and we have other people we speak to. Um, and we're all, we're constantly getting feedback and spiritual yeah, advisors. Up until, up until this year, the feedback has always been, you know, you're not in you're not in that corner yet. There's no reason to do it, so don't do it. You know, th- there's no benefit to you. And it was it was never, it, you know, it wasn't ever really about a benefit. It was just a matter of, you know, what's better for for the people working with us. Is better that their employees are contractors and there's arguments both ways. And, you know, so it, it was always just kind of what makes it, what makes the, the company stronger. And uh, as of now, it's no longer an option. It's no longer a conversation. It's no longer a decision. It has to be done. So, so we're doing it. And of course, like I said, I think there was some initial, well, we're sorry you're in this position. And we were like, no, no, no. We're okay with this. We want you to be part of the company. We want you to feel like, you know, you are you have a role in this company. So, we're okay with this. We just want to make sure it's good for you. We don't want you to lose out. And that's kind of where we're at right now. So, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how how all this pans out. I'm I'm curious. Yeah. I'm hoping that it's not too stressful
2: and, you know, things stay calm. That's my goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But, um... And it was funny because... You know, we even... uh, We've been... The wife and I have been entertaining the idea of moving for a while. I've talked about it on the show. And, you know, I even brought that up. I'm like, hey, you know... I can move by the end of the year. (laughs) I can move by the end of the year and we can move the company. And ultimately, you know, it was a... you know that might be a temporary patch but the reality of it is this is going to be this this requirement is going to hit everywhere and then there's always the potential challenge of the fact that the majority of the people working for the company are still in California so if they if they ever wanted to go to the labor board and say hey this company is you know they moved their their headquarters to Tennessee but all their developers are still here in California yeah, there's nothing to say California couldn't come to us and say, No, 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 you're not skirting by like that. You know, you are you're, you're still gonna have to abide by our laws. Because right now the, the 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 specific reason we're having to do it right now is because of uh something that's being passed here in California. But it's it seems inevitable it's going to be everywhere eventually. Yeah.
2: It is going to be. We, I don't think we've talked about any PHP, have we?
1: It's, just, it's, interesting that, PHP it's interesting to me that California took that on instead of the 39-hour uh, work week for part-time employees who don't get medical care or tax exemptions for it or have to have two jobs. But whatever. <laughs> you don't sound bitter or anything. No, no, I didn't work at seven eleven on the graveyard shift and make minimum wage and not get health care <laughs> even though I was working forty hours a week.
0: Did you have some PHP you wanted to talk about, John?
1: No.
2: Not specifically. I was just noticing oh. I I'm I'm fascinated by a I'm fascinated <laughs> by a story Tom has on his trello board. Dun dun,
1: dun, dun. Uh-oh. I forgot we have a trelloporter. And the one that you've got. Your trelloporter. I have some horrifying news today.
0: Leave it on us.
1: I'd like to start with the most basic of doom and gloom, basic government function. After uh, after cuts to funding at the IRS, the IRS admitted that they only audit poor people because rich people can defend themselves too well. How does that have
0: to, anything to do with PHP or IT? Nothing. It's IT just or... getting
1: that out of my way real quick. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Good job. Uh, I've, we've got some interesting stuff. Um, two of them are kind of related to each other. Uh, the... I saw an interesting JavaScript project the other day that was able to transmit information between browsers using the speakers and microphone on the devices. And they had gotten it working well enough that it could transmit ultrasonically. <laughs> we can with the ultrasonic stuff. It's very interesting. Um, it encodes it in some... In some way, it sounds a little bit like Morse code when you hear it sonically, but ultrasonic, I tried to hear it, absolutely could not pick it up, and my phone 100% picked it up and knew what was being typed on the screen. Uh, so, like, this concept as a keylogger, you could jimmy up some software that would keylog every website and transmit data ultrasonically to a, another device in the room that's just passively listening. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the only issue that... Oh, I... I'm sorry,
0: John. Did I did I roll my eyes there? I apologize. Are you falling asleep, John? I am. John, are you fall? You son of a bitch! You son of a
1: bitch! The only issue that I'm here I rolling
0: my it. eyes intentionally at you, and you're falling asleep.
1: You're, God you're damn both, it! You're both terrible. Don't worry. <laughs>
2: So tired right now. You and rolling your eyes. We don't need to get into that, or do we?
1: The other issue. <laughs> this was something that came up that when I read the when I read the article title, I thought, well, okay, this is this is some uh, Chicken Little bullshit. They're using expensive equipment, and they're. They're doing this with high-powered lasers and whatever. The title is Laser-Based Audio Injection on Voice-Controllable Systems. So your first thought, of course, is there's no laser receptor on my Alexa or Google Home device, so how could it possibly receive a laser signal? And it turns out that the membrane that's used on the microphones in these devices is sensitive enough that it can detect laser pulses as audio. So, of course, I assume that this is a giant gigawatt laser that they must be they must be blowing this thing at, and it must be incredibly expensive to do anyways. But it turns out they actually got this working with flashlights, and they're using a standard laser pointer for their demonstration unit. And they were able to trigger commands on smart devices from as far as... I, I, 100 meters away, 150 meters away uh, through windows. Uh, as long as they got the laser dialed correctly into the microphone port on the device, it was able to affect the device and do things such as trigger home automation and stuff like that. And you, it's, it's surprisingly so, easy so stuff. So don't put your
0: Alexa next to a window. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, um, and also, these device manufacturers need to put a shroud over the microphone so that light can't directly interact with the membrane on the microphone. It's a Insane in cent, the membrane is what that is. It's a two-cent plastic piece.
0: Thomas is getting tired of us. <laughs> now John, I'm, yeah, now I'm rolling Tom, my Thomas eye. is rolling his eyes, John. Thomas is looking grumpy, John. John!
1: But the... Most interesting one that I read today, and boy, this is going to become a big thing once it comes out. Chrome 78 is going to allow accessing and modifying of local files. Direct accessing and modifying of local local files. So you can... In a sandbox area? In a you dictate which files are chosen to be available to the JavaScript uh, on execution time. So the user has to say, you get access to these files. Um, And that lasts for as long as the session is valid or for as long as the tab is open. Once you close the tab, it needs to re-authenticate. And it's only on the files that you've selected. But boy, it sounds just like the best worst idea Possible. The big implication here is that you could have a fully-fledged IDE running as a website that could access the local files to update them and execute them in real time. Uh, that's one idea that they've threw out there. But there's the other side of the reality, which is if this is not a perfect implementation, which nothing is, then spyware injection... Malware injection just got so much easier for people. Um, there there isn't going to be an inherent off-limits directory. You you can say, this website has access to my Windows directory. And you're going to see phishing scams that I'm say... I'm safe.
2: I don't have one of those.
1: Well, yeah, you don't even have a, a secure <laughs> file system, though. So it's... It's a great idea, but it seems like there's gonna be a massive influx of new hijacks and viruses coming in through this thing. Uh, You know, the the I love you bug that hit Outlook in, what, 2001? It, all, all it needed was people to say, hey, there's an attachment on this email, go ahead and open it, I love you. And millions of people did this could be just as bad. And there is no way that that I can think of that antivirus programs are going to be able to easily circumvent this, this new attack vector. Because it's not a downloaded file. It's a file being edited by a program running in the user space that Chrome is running in. So that's uh, that's part of the new uh Chrome 78 thing. They've they're also doing a couple other things. Um an SMS receiver API so you can send SMSs, I believe, directly to Chrome applications.
0: John's John's blinks are getting longer and longer. I know. <laughs> I was like, this, this is like this good like a good three second. drive. That was like a three second blink from John. John was like sitting there going <laughs> send me a to wrap up
1: all right that's my doom that's S- my doom S- and gloom
0: i'm sorry thomas you're you don't upset Call me out listen look we can we can put comments i have people some people commenting news. listen people are commenting and i'm putting it on the screen can you guys see that where what nope. do you guys see on your end you i see nothing
1: see who's commenting?
0: commenting oh oh well, i'm not i'm going to tell you now but it's matt lance oh he's my favorite everything I wonder, I wonder where, Matt, where did you comment that out? How did that show up in this, on the stream like that? That's goofy. Are you on YouTube commenting? Where is that coming from? That is YouTube. I'm so yeah. confused. So, uh, hey, wait, we have camera effects. We haven't even been playing with camera effects yet. <laughs>
1: no, no, we're Man. not. I thought we were think, wrapping up. You think John's Dude. blinking long now? Uh, so, the <laughs> PHP news for this week, I will give you something Xdebug has officially launched support for PHP
0: 7.4 XD bugs 7.4 that's great oh look at that something just popped up it, it's like a 30 minutes of uh of content That's, this is crazy he it, matt is on the show now and i can't stop him from being on the show he's just commenting i can it's it's insane it's insane it's like discord we need to get Discord plugged in here now. All right. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's going to be a good spot to wrap it. We haven't even been talking for an hour, just FYI, John. Uh, but uh, yeah, we can about? we can wrap it up. I guess. I'm I looking. Know. I'm looking at my recording. We're at fifty. We're at fifty-three minutes. Oh my goodness, we
2: talked too much. It's
0: so a long day. It has. It was an early morning. We had to go downtown, San Diego, and and again, we'll we'll cover some of the legitimacy of a business. Like um, we're constantly talking about that. Like, does having an office make you a more legitimate business? Does having employees make you a more legitimate business? And uh, like we know.
2: said earlier, one of the things that. It's frustrating now, so when we're talking to somebody, talking about our business, and then they ask how many employees we have, we always have to qualify with, well, we don't have employees, we have contractors, and we try got to explain all of that. Now it's going to feel like, oh, we have X employees, and we're just done. Conversation's over. It, it feels, feels more legitimate.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I kind of feel the same way about The Office, because it's like... Like potential clients are always, or not always, but we we've had potential clients who have been like, "Well, can we come to your office and talk about it?" Almost as if like we want to see if if you guys have a real office or not, or, or if this is like somebody's basement.
1: Well, Eric particularly gets that a lot. John, everyone just assumes he's got an office somewhere and that he's always yeah, there, no, 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 and sleeps no, no. and works no. there. But... Eric, people see really? him and they go, "Can we don't, see your office?" Don't trigger, don't trigger Eric right now. Don't,
2: he doesn't need any more triggering.
1: <laughs> hey, stop,
2: stop! Don't, don't trigger him.
1: It's like that always. It's like one of those always sunny Philadelphia things where they say, uh, "Step into my office," and it's just a box behind a trash can. He's opening, he's
2: opening Pandora's
1: box. I know. I, 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 I'm all of a
0: sudden very nervous about the fact that we're going to have to have an HR department because I, I've already gotten a couple talking to's. It, uh, I don't need. I don't need it on my permanent record.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll do you a solid. I'll be your HR department.
0: Oh, jeez, that's what we need. <laughs> I've already. I've, you, I've are already, you okay with that, James? I've, I've already
2: added a couple things to his employee file.
0: <laughs> Pre- I'm preparing oh. to have a talk with him eventually. Oh my god! All right. I think that's it. We got uh, Sean. Sean's popping in commenting now. My Canadian friends, my Canadian buddies are are contributing, so I like that. Okay. It always feels um, weird to oh, me that our,
1: our some most of our listeners are more accomplished in the public domain than I am.
0: Than any of us are,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, all,
0: like like everybody who listens to the show and contribute, they they seem to be like higher up on the food chain than we actually are.
1: Yeah, you know, one of our <laughs> listeners is Matt Lance. Uh, he's that guy who gets interviewed once a week or so by different magazines and other podcasts. And, and, yeah. and he got a collective, you know, talk, all the stuff.
0: a lot
2: about that PHP world. Everyone's missing him.
1: Yeah. That's that's yeah. true. <laughs> People came up to me and said, "Hey Tom, where's Matt?" <laughs> I haven't, haven't seen him around. That's, we we
0: get a lot we do get that. We uh at cons everybody's always like, when, "When are you guys starting Lyric chat back up? When, when are you guys doing the chat again?"
1: Yeah, we, I don't know.
0: That's not my thing, man. You gotta, we you were gotta talk guests to Sean. on that one. Exactly. That's what I tell them all the time. I'm like that was that was Sean's gig, man. You guys got to go bug him. I was I was just a chump who uh, who showed up every week.
2: So what makes a, a TSA lock <laughs> so special?
0: Can't the key just be replicated? It, it's
1: standard that. Uh, it doesn't qualify as a lock. What do you mean? Uh, it's, it, it doesn't have a secret. Like, it has a, a universal secret where they just have mm. a pokey thing that opens it. Which is essentially a toothpick or, you know, a, a mixing straw from Starbucks. So, like, it's not really a lock.
2: All right, so if you spend $100 on a smart lock that's TSA approved, you're basically just wasted a lot of money.
1: Yeah. Also, I mean, the whole point of locks for your luggage was to keep the people who were chucking your luggage from getting into it. It wasn't like an issue where people at the destination were going through bags at the carousel. The whole point was that people didn't trust baggage handlers. And now, and now the baggage handlers have a key for every single one of those locks. So, what's even the point?
0: Well, the particular lock that John's talking about is actually meant so that, like, when you're at Starbucks or something, you can actually lock your bag. So it's not a. Yeah,
1: but then they can take your bag trend. and open it with a nail clipper.
0: No, no, they. Well, not my bag. So, I, I got. Check this out. I got this new bag. I'll, I'll show you exactly what he's talking about. First thing, it, it actually has a TSA lock on it, but. I'm not. I'm not going to use that. Um, but this bag has this cord that uh-huh. you can you can wrap around and you know and lock it. And the lock that he's specifically talking about is. I have one on this bag. Are these uh, these little? See if you can see it here. Are these smart locks we got? Uh, Where's it at? Right there. So the whole idea is that if you had a starbucks or something you need to run in the restroom you can you know zip your bag up
1: you know put right, it around right.
0: something lock everything up and but but i did that's that was the that was the point but as i'm sitting there looking at it and
2: i realized oh it's a tsa lock and it's a simple key that's probably replicated well beyond the tsa at this point <clears throat> it seems kind of silly Oh, uh, you're muted, or I can't hear you. We we, we not we even. That's...
1: It's not really a key. It's just a. It's just a pokey, bit, a bit. It doesn't. It, it, you would be amazed how quickly I can break into fifty dollar locks that you buy from, like Lowe's or Home Depot. It's it's four or five seconds, maybe.
2: Interesting. Sorry, I didn't, so, I didn't mean to derail us. I just happened to notice it. Yeah.
0: No, you're just trying you're trying to get me mad. I I try to do something nice for <laughs> no, you. I'm not trying to get you're trying that. to shit all over it. John <laughs> no, trying, no John.
2: I, like, I like it. I just I just He's uh, taking
0: doesn't... the show back to its roots. Whatever. Just... I can't roll my eyes if you're not gonna look at me, John. I'm... doesn't have the same effect.
2: <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble anymore. You yelled at me enough today. And yesterday. <laughs>
1: I yelled, uh, a, I yelled at FG4 yesterday, man. You did. <laughs> well, this is this has been episode one hundred and sixty-nine of Divorce Court. Welcome, AU. Uh, Marcus did a fantastic yes. job there. Congratulations. You good to, feedback from him. Congratulations to Marcus on the presentation at Laricon uh, AU. Thanks for
2: bringing me a shirt, Marcus. Uh, I appreciate it.
1: Hopefully, I will be able to say in a future episode that I will be presenting at a conference
0: which one that's that's shocking I would be excited to hear that
1: yeah I uh, I decided on what I want to present it's a yep and it's it's something I've presented before and it's it's a topic that I never see covered correctly at cons so I'm going to you need at
0: least two talks though
1: I'm working on that part preferably four I've got the one You want to submit four? Let them pick. They'll pick two. Well, I've got four. I mean, you know, I've got all my old backlog, but uh, the one I really care about is my security talk. Um, Visualizing CSRF, XSS, and stuff like that. Uh, Realize that all of these conferences we go to, everyone's talking about how to do cool stuff, and no one's talking about how to avoid getting hacked, or how to avoid liability for hacks, so...
0: Well, you didn't go check out Eric Bann at PHP World. He's a big security guy. Well, I didn't know. Well, now you,
2: well, now know you know. can be a security you know.
0: guy with him. I'm not I'm, I'm. not trying to discourage you. I'm not trying to discourage you. I, I want you to no, do it's it, okay. but I'm just... It's
1: because I said your lock sucks, isn't it?
0: <laughs>
1: you see, you haven't actually said it, but now that you did, it stings a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> The most important deterrent is a visual deterrent. So I would just spray paint it orange, and you're good to go. All right.
0: I think that's it. I think I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, this has been episode 169. Nice. Of PHP Edly. I'm your your host, Eric Dan Johnson. Anytime now. You guys. I'm John Condon. I'm John Tom Condon. Pardon. I'm Thomas, Thomas. Really? Keep it
1: ugly.
0: Keep, Keep it ugly. ugly. <laughs> Fucking amateurs. Amateurs!
1: <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly.